You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, we're good to go? Mm-hmm. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Farah Siddiqui. Uh, I'm here with Joey Volpe. Uh, he is the... Fantasy dot football dot, dot analyst dot on Instagram. <laughs> um, the dots will never die. Dots will never die. You know what's funny? I had someone. Uh, uh, they came up to me. They're like, "Why do you have dots in your name?" Right. And the account username without the dots was available. Mm-hmm. Just like I don't know. It's just like the separation. The, the 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 username without the dots was available. Was available, and then some kid took it, and then he wanted me to pay him twenty bucks. Uh huh. For the username. Okay. I was like, no, I like the dots. And then he was just like, fine. Just so you prefer me. the dots? No, I prefer the dots. Okay. Anyway. That's good to know. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, so tonight's game, we got the Eagles, we got the Giants. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, Eagles the and Giants. Giants. Doesn't really excite me at all. Because um, you're a Jets fan? Not because I'm a, no. I mean, like last week's game excited me. The week before. Was I'm excited because I have Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz in one league. Oh, that's good. What do you think about Carson Wentz going forward? Do you think he's going to like start stepping it up a little bit? I mean, it's a tough. It's I a was tough. Reading from my mouse, I don't even. <laughs> I, I didn't bring <laughs> it, but um, he hasn't been playing that bad. It hasn't really translated to fantasy, but I mean, he's got. Oops. Yeah, but he's he's not doing too bad. He's got five touchdowns, one interception. He's completing sixty-seven percent of his passes. Um, he's got forty-four on the ground. He's got three fumbles. Right. And I think it's really the offensive line has not been playing as well as they did last year, especially. Um, but he's not playing bad. He has just as many passing yards as Dak has in, I think, two less games. Wow. Which, I mean, doesn't say much because Dak isn't right. doing anything. Dak's but, probably averaging, what, 125 yards a game? Uh, he has 960 in five games. So Wow. That's a lot more than I thought. It's almost 200 <laughs> a game. Wow. Yeah, almost almost there. <laughs> almost 200. But, um, so Wentz, I, I, I don't think Wentz is doing as bad. I think he had a little bit of a slow start, especially in that first game. I mean, game. he's coming off the injury, too. Yeah, he's, he's coming off injury. The offensive line hasn't been as good. He hasn't had all the weapons he needs. Um, I mean, Alshon did good his first game. but uh, Nelson Aguilar's really fallen off, though. Yeah, I mean, just I, I think it's more in terms of, like, preference with the quarterback. Right. Foles probably leaned on Alshon. I mean, uh, Nelson Aguilar a lot yep. more, and and plus, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey did come back with wins. yeah, Alshon. But even the first game when Alshon Jeffrey wasn't back, mm-hmm. uh, he went to Dallas Goddard before he went to Nelson Aguilar. Right. So I think Dallas Goddard had seven catches, which yeah, was like it, as many targets. This as is Aguilar. A, I think the second straight decent matchup for Nelson Aguilar, um, and he he didn't he only had four targets in each of the games, so he's definitely fallen off for sure. Yeah, for um, sure. But I mean, as far as Carson Wentz playing, he hasn't—he's not having a bad season. The three fumbles is really kind of—I mean, that's—is that more fumbles than anybody else? The only person who has more fumbles is Kirk Cousins. Right. 
But that he's played sense. two more games. Right. So. And that uh, line isn't great. Now, I do want to talk about Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood. Yeah. Well, um, they're, they're listed under my desperate starts mm-hmm. for today. So today we're going to go over starts, some desperate starts, uh, guys you need to temper your expectations on, some sits. Uh, but since we're talking about the game, might as well talk about these guys, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the most asked questions. Yeah. I'm sure is right. Wendell Smallwood or Corey Clement. Right. And I think we both agree that we like Clement more. Just a little bit more, yeah. yeah. And, and we're going to see a ton of both, mm-hmm. right, tonight. Um, it's going to be a committee, no doubt. That's what Doug Peterson likes to do. Now, I went back and looked at the Colts game from week three. That mm-hmm. was the game where J.J. was out and both Corey Clement, Clement had his big game. and Wendell S- Smallwood you know, we're, we're playing. Mm-hmm. So we can see kind of what the true split might look like going forward, right? So Clement had 19 touches to Smallwood's 13. Uh, Clement, you know, he got 19, 19 total in that game. So for me, that indicates that he's going to be the 1A, right? Like if you're trying to decide between the two, mm-hmm. figure out who the guy is, um, you know, both are more appealing in PPR because they're, they're both involved in the pass game. Um, I think both are startable tonight. I think you, we just have to keep in mind that we can come out disappointed since they're going to be splitting the load. Um, and now in that game, uh, Clement also outsnapped Smallwood, 55% to 35%. So I think that's pretty notable. Um, now, both got goal line work. Smallwood, Smallwood was the one who got the touchdown. Clement had a goal line carry, didn't make it. Smallwood came in and made it. Um, so I think they're going to split that as well. Um, but outside of goal line, if you're just talking about red zone, I think Clement is the favored back in the red zone. I think that was the case even with Ajayi. Um, now, when you think uh, Darren Sproles is going to be out of this game, worth noting. Yes. Um, down, two, let's say, two-minute drills. Right. Who's in the game? Are we talking with Between, Sproles or without? Without Sproles. Two-minute drills? Mm-hmm. Um, is a this, good question. Because I, I'm looking at their stats compared to each other right now. Not like uh, not too much of a sample size, but Smallwood has two less carries and he's averaging six yards per carry. And he's the more he he has been the more efficient back yeah, this season. Smallwood's been the more efficient back. He's been targeted more, uh, even with less snap percentage. Well, we have to keep in mind too that Clement Clement missed, missed games, a games and he, yeah. made, he missed some time. Yeah. So, but. I, when I, just looking at the numbers, I just see that Smallwood's been a little more efficient. He's definitely been more efficient, which I, is why you can start him even with him being the one yes. B. Yeah, and that's the point. Like, if he wasn't efficient and was the one B, I'll be. I wouldn't want to start him tonight. But this is everybody watching us realize this is so short term. This is such short term. Yeah. I mean, they should. They could very likely have Lashawn McCoy next week. Potentially. Um, and, and, and Sproles comes back and makes this even more confusing. I think Sproles comes is. back and becomes the back to own in PPR. And that that's fair. I mean, I definitely agree with that. But it's also a matter of if Sproles can stay healthy. If he I can mean, stay healthy. Exactly. And that, that's the thing. I think if Sproles was a guy who never gets hurt, which is not the case, um, <laughs> I think he would, he would have been the preferred waiver wire option yeah, for uh, sure. this past week. But he gets hurt all the time. And that's why I got him for $2 uh, you know, in one of my PPR leagues. I'm looking for the long-term play. He might not be available long-term, but he's going to come back probably week seven, maybe. Um, but we'll see. We saw in, in week one, Darren Sproles got the start. Uh, and, you know, he was playing, I think, 40, 40-something percent of the snaps. Um, he's also listed number two on the depth chart behind yep. Jay Ajayi. 
Um, so, you know, for those reasons, he can come back and make an impact. Also worth noting, for those who aren't aware, J.J. tore his ACL. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because I feel like we didn't bring that up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, what about Sterling Shepard? Uh, what do you think about So, Evan Ingram is out tonight. Um, Sterling Shepard doesn't have, like, the best matchup in the world. But, you know, I think without, without Ingram and without Eli's ability with that offensive line to throw it downfield... I think the short to intermediate routes will be open for Shepard, you know, and get some targets in this game. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely in a close divisional game without Ingram in the game. There's a chance that we see some Shepard. There's also a chance we see a lot of dump-offs to Saquon Barkley. Of course. He looked good last week. Yeah. I saw the rest of that game and that supposed to be touchdown, that game-winning touchdown, right. which ended up being a loss with a 63-yard field goal from Graham Gunnell. Amazing. But... um. Saquon Barkley looks good catching the ball, and although the Philly defense is a stout run defense still, they're still doing very well against the run. Um, it doesn't could, matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, we could see a lot of dump-offs. To say, and that's what I'm worried with. He, with he hasn't Sterling been Shepard. the most efficient like running back as far as running the ball. Um, but Saquon? He's, yeah, and he, but he's getting all of his work in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, he's got... 4.3 yards to carry, which isn't bad, but I feel like a lot of that's coming off big runs. Right. Most of the time, it's like he'll get two or three yards exactly. stopped and sometimes stopped at the line. A lot of that because of the offensive line. True. But either way, you can see a lot of dump-offs from Saquon, and that's really my only worry with Sterling Shepard is because all those targets and volume could go to Barkley. Right. So um, right. Exactly. I guess it depends on who what your options are, but Sterling Shepard sounds like a 10-point at least, you know. And PPR, hoping for that ten point. So, yeah, uh, you know, and I'm looking. I'm not looking at a high scoring game this week either. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking at more of a, you know, maybe a twenty one seventeen type of game. Um, and that's, yeah, that sounds about right. That's somewhat. Yeah, that's about right. I think. Um, but uh, what about Alshon Jeffrey? I mean, he is. You know, I think the Giants have done a pretty good job. You know, Janoris Jenkins. You know, against number one wide receivers, um, mm-hmm. Je- Jeffrey he can overcome tough cornerback matchups, but and he should get the targets. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he has another like not so great game like he had last week against Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we talked about how good Xavier Rhodes was last week, even when um, who the oh, oh the week you, you mean the week before? Yeah, yeah. the week before whoever yeah. Xavier Rhodes, I think it was on Brandon Cooks. Right, I, I remember saying like, thank God. For Brandon Cooks, not thank God, we don't want anybody to get hurt, but Brandon Cooks owners had a sigh of relief when Xavier Rhodes came off the field because Cooks started getting more involved. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't even being looked at until Rhodes was off the field. Right. So um, we could definitely see a lot of that. I'm trying to pull up some stats from last year, trying to see how well Je- uh, Alshon Jeffrey did. Um in the one game they had in September, Jeffrey had four catches for 56 yards. Um, it was a Zach Ertz game last year. And then we got another game over here. The Eagles won this one, I think, in December. And Jeffrey had four for 49 in the touchdown. And that was amidst the Giants' hot mess of a Yeah, defense. no, for sure. They the, were terrible The whole last year. year was a hot mess. Yeah, especially but, towards the end of that season. They, mm-hmm. the, the team gave up on their coach. But it looks like he hasn't had more than no. four or five catches. It's a really pedestrian yards. game, and that's kind of what I would expect tonight, honestly. Yeah. Um, but he also has a shot at the touchdown, though. That's the thing. So, so basically, we're not expecting him to blow up. Exactly. Against exactly. the Giants. Exactly. 
Um, so, you know, let's get into a little bit of news. Um, Jamal Charles. <laughs> Jamal Back Charles. from the Jaguars. Do you have any Jaguars. interest? Because I don't. I don't. I don't. He, I, don't. He's, he's, I don't even know if he's available. Yeldon's a top 10 running back right now. Yeah. I do have a little bit of a concern for this week, personally, mm-hmm. and I'll get into it later. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he has to be played. You know, he can see 20-plus touches a game uh, going forward. We'll see how much Jamal Charles is involved. I doubt he'll be involved I that think it's much. so much more of a depth kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean the, I the only reason why they signed him is, be, is not because Leonard Fournette will be potentially out through the week nine bye, which came out, a, a source is saying that. God forbid, happens to TJ Yeldon after yeah. they already lost Corey Grant. It's because of the Corey Grant loss. I mean, if exactly. Corey Grant wasn't lost, I mean, they might have looked at other options, but they needed somebody who was versatile enough, like who can catch the ball too, because that's what they need out of all their backs. They need somebody who can run it and catch the ball. I'm just, what is wrong with Orleans Darkwood? I, can anybody tell me? I mean, he's still unemployed. I think he's asking for too much money. Is, he's is, is, is the much? word is that word on the street? Um, I mean, look at him last year. I think he deserves it. But I, the teams just don't want to play so unless I, they need a I'll starter. tell you something funny. Like okay. when I found out that the Jags were working him out, I I set an alert, a Google alert on his name, just so that when he does get signed, like I get the notification right away, so that I can pick him up. Because I think that he's a better running back than T.J. Yeldon. Um, Yeldon might be the better pass catcher, but this is a, it's a good offensive line, a team that likes to run the ball. And I think if Fournette was out until after the week nine bye, I mean, I would be like on him. I would be on him. I, I think that he would actually be pretty good. You remember last year with this terrible Giants offensive line, he was averaging more than five yards a carry. Yeah, and that really speaks to, I mean, I I don't understand how he's not in a team. I'm sorry. I just keep yeah. thinking about that. Well, I you know he and obviously it's money situation needs for teams. Right. If a starting running back goes hurt and they give him a workout, I'm I'm sure he'll. I think he'll end up signing somewhere. Um, you know, assuming mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously <laughs> update, running backs get hurt. We're past a quarter of the way through the season and Dez is still on a play. <laughs> Just yeah, a little yeah. update for you guys. I know. But, I know. Um, What's some other news we got? Going okay, on? so so we got so Packers wide receiver. So Geronimo Allison cleared the concussion protocol, mm-hmm. but. He still has a hamstring issue, and that's not going to let him practice on Thursday. Now, the Packers play Monday night, so I would treat Thursday like a Wednesday. Um, so the real practices that are going to tell you anything is Friday and Saturday. If he practices limited on Saturday, I think that's a good – I mean, limited on Friday, you're hoping for. Right. Practice. With a hamstring, though, I want to see a full practice. Just You know, if I'm starting Allison. And that's when it becomes a really icky game-time decision because – I mean, okay, think about this. Allison doesn't play, right? Grab Marquez Valdez Scandling. Right. Scandling. If Cobb doesn't play. If Cobb's likely not going to play. He's probably not going to play. He didn't practice so, today either. He's still not practicing. Right. I mean, but um, you want to be safe because it's a Monday night game. And if you have Allison in and he's a game time decision, ends up not playing, you don't want to be screwed at that position. I would assume that MVS is probably owned in your league at this point, just because after You'd waivers be last I year, a lot of people drop him after last week. Right, and, but then you but know, if he's if he is available, right? Yeah, I I, okay. I I think so. So if he is available, then I would pick him up, especially if both of them are out. You know, he played well last week, so yeah. Um, let's see. Any, any other news? Uh, Isaiah Corral didn't practice today because he's still of not an practicing a- because of an ankle injury. Um, he had that big game last week, even though you know. We got to temper expectations a little bit because he's still not the 1A in that offense. And the Jets aren't going to run the ball 35 times a game. They're going – who are the Jets playing this week? Denver. 
No, that was last week. Um, just the Colts this week. The Colts. Yeah. Ooh, that's not a too bad of a matchup either. It's not, but I, I try not to. I value touches more than yeah, the matchup, no, and sure. I think like if the Jets can't get to a point where they're leading, um, they're not going to run the ball as much. And I think if anybody is the play, it would be Bilal Powell, just because of yeah, how, how sure. many. The Colts aren't great against pass catching running backs, um, so the, he he would be the play for me. Yeah, I, th- I think Trenton Cannon's the play. <laughs> you, it'd be nice if he can get some opportunity though. <laughs> um, uh, Devontae Freeman, uh, you know, he had a, a he has a foot injury um, that the Falcons are a little bit concerned about. He a can bone contusion a bone contusion. He can miss this week. It's possible, which is a bone bruise for this. You know? So you know, if you had Tevin Coleman, you know, like he would be the play, obviously. Uh, but still, you know, it's not. Ideal. Tevin Coleman hasn't lit it up, but if he's going to get close to twenty touches, he should be in lineups. What kind of value does Ito Smith have? Not much right now. I think if, if Freeman, Freeman doesn't play, if Freeman was, doesn't is he a play, desperate desperate running back option, or is he someone stashing? Or he's a desperate play, I think, um, just because I can see him getting about fifty percent of snaps at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they like him and they want to get him involved. He was playing, you know, fifteen percent of snaps last week, um, even with Freeman in. Um, so I I think that he's he looked good too with his opportunities. If you watch the games, he look, he actually looks good. Yeah, he has um, been bad. So you know he got the freaking goal line carry too. I mean that was amazing. Uh, but you know, Tevin Coleman owners and so you know Freeman you know he's injury prone and you know you know I was trying to sell him you know a couple of weeks ago just because you know you never know with that knee also like that knee wasn't something that's was going to heal to a hundred percent anyway. Um, so yeah. So just just if you're if you were planning on starting Freeman, just just make sure you have other plans. Uh, so Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup still in the concussion protocol. Just monitor that as the week goes on. Um, Josh Reynolds, sneaky. Pickup. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. If both are out, he's if both a good are player. out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so let's get into the starts and sits. Um, I'm gonna start with Jordan Howard. Um, start. I'm gonna start with Jordan Howard, and I'm gonna start him. I'm starting <laughs> Howard every week at this point, right? You know, after the week he had before the bye, I'm, I'm only mentioning him because some might be questioning his role after that game. I personally expect a high-volume bounce-back game for him this week against the Dolphins. Matt Nagy admitted that they used Tariq Cohen more against the Bucks because it just simply made sense to take advantage of that Bucks pass defense, and it worked. So it made sense. And if you started Howard, like, it sucks. I get it. I started him too. But, you know, it just made sense, you know, when you look at Howard's role football. is not lost. Basically. I don't think so, and even 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 in that game, he still outsnapped Cohen. Um, so this week they're going up against the Dolphins. They've allowed the second most rushing attempts against them so far through five weeks. They're allowing about a hundred yards a week, a little less than a touchdown on the ground per game. So you know, I think the game plan is going to change back to kind of what they were doing. Um, they're going to put less on Mitch Trubisky. He's not their savior every week, um, and I think they're, they're going to get the, the run game established again. So Howard had. Uh, 20 touches, 17 touches, and 26 touches before um, that week four letdown. And that's great, right? So I'm not going to let one game scare me away, um, especially if the game plan made football sense. Yeah, and I think what you said was very vital about how he still out-snapped Cohen in Cohen's big game. So what about Cohen going forward? I, I, I don't know. Now, first first few weeks before this, he was simply a gadget player, right? Mm-hmm. He had like 20 touches in this game. <laughs> but before that, he was in the single digits. So it's not somebody that I can trust. It's not somebody that I like in this particular game. 
uh, just because it, I think he's such a specific play. Yeah, he is. And like we saw one example of a vulnerable, very vulnerable passing defense. And, you know, those are the type of games that we see that Matt Nagy might want to take advantage of. And I think you, you keep him on your bench. He's not something you drop, mm-hmm. uh, but you keep him on the bench and you wait for one of those matchups to, to, to come up. But I wouldn't start him this week, personally. Um, moving on to Carlos Hyde. I'm putting on him, him on here as well, just a similar reason. You know, it, it's, it's just hard to get used to him or any Browns running back as an RB1. Um, but he, hadn't, he hasn't had less than 16 carries in any game. He scored at least one touchdown in every game except against the Ravens last week. He had a tough game last week, so that's why I'm putting him on here. Um, but he had 22-plus carries in three of his five games. He's a neutral matchup at home this week, so he's going to be in my lineups. Period. And he's still uh, – we talked about he was near the top or at the top for rushing attempts. Exactly. And he's one, he has one less carry than Todd Gurley. Who there you has go. 101 attempts. There you go. He's got 100, so – there you go. So he has to be in your lineups. I mean, I know he had a bad game last week, but it was against the Ravens. What are you going to do? Um, they have a good run, run defense. Yeah, exactly. Um, Chris Carson. Now, we're actually feeling a little comfortable, I think, with a Seahawks running back. I feel like, I feel like this is the perfect Pete letdown Carroll's spot. waiting for us to get comfortable right, we wanna, so he can switch it up and right. then give Rashad Penny 25 touches. That would be nice. So there you go. Start Rashad Penny this week. <laughs> no. So he's no. been he's he's just been straight up out of the rotation, Rashad Penny, the past few games. Um, I don't think he had a single touch post. He no. has zero donut. And he might have one this game. But I, I don't think they're gonna put him back in anytime soon. Um but the Seahawks, they have been like determined to run the ball. Um and they've been Marty Morningwood. Yeah. Is that his name? Or Schottenheimer. 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 Yeah. You're thinking about Jets offensive coordinators, yep. former Jets offensive coordinators. Um and you know they've been de- they have been determined to run the ball with Chris Carson. Um, Mike Davis has been in the mix um, after a couple of solid performances this season. You know Mike Davis is even like potentially startable if they keep running the ball like this. Um, over the last three weeks, Seattle ran the ball thirty five times per game, more than any other team over that span, um, and they've done it with success. So and Russell Wilson only threw the ball. Um, he hasn't thrown the ball more than twenty six times over the last three games. And that's unlike Russell Wilson, um, typical of what we know of him, because we like the volume that he's been getting. And because of that, you know, and his legs, which he hasn't used much of this year, that's why he's been fantasy relevant. That's why he's been a l- little bit of a letdown um, this season. But, uh, you know, 32 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown for Carson in week three before he missed in week four. And then he came back in week five with 19 carries for 116 yards against the Rams. So I don't expect the offense to cover the defense's weakness. I don't think this defense is good, especially without Earl Thomas. So I don't think this is going to last for too long. But this is part of why they want to get the run game established. They want to run the ball. They want to control the clock. Um, but this week against the Raiders, I'm not really worried about that. Um, they've allowed the fourth most rushing yards so far this season. They are averaging. They're allowing more than five yards per carry. So if the Seahawks are riding the hot hand, I think we should too. I think we kind of have a little bit of a clear picture of what they're going to do with Carson as the one A and Davis as the one B. I think it's a interesting. Mike Davis has more fantasy points than Chris Carson right now. Yeah. Um, not saying I like Davis better specifically, but he, he's you know he's been a tad bit more efficient. Nothing right. too crazy. Which is again why we we're not going to start him over Carson, mm-hmm. but why he is okay to being start. started as a one B. Similar thing that you saw with. So I think Wendell Smallwood and yeah and and uh, I'm sorry Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood are basically the poor man's 
uh, Mike Davis and I'm sorry, uh, it's Chris okay. Carson and Mike Davis. It's okay. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. What can I'm we saying. just give a little credit to this offensive line? Yeah, I mean, they've, I mean, as they've bad as always we done they were this. Gonna be. They've always done this, which is they've always overperformed running the ball, and I don't know what it is. You know, and I always credited it to the defense opening Russell Wilson scrambling ability to yeah. open up the lanes for the running backs. I've always credited it to that over the past few years because they've had they've they didn't have a good offensive line, but these players are constantly averaging close to five yards per carry over the last few seasons, which is amazing. Yeah, and I and I mean just in general, even though. Uh, a lot of it is credited to Russell Wilson. I do think we do have to throw some credit at this offensive line. They have been, at least, I mean, we had them, I think they were ranked the second worst offensive line in the league right. behind Houston. And they just haven't been that. They've been pretty good. So I credit to them. I mean, we'll see how that goes moving forward, how often they're going to be in right. run situations. It, it's going to be tough like to said, yeah. sustain mm-hmm. because their defense isn't great. And, you know, if their offensive their offense stalls, they're going to have to throw the ball in the third and fourth quarter, and that's when you're going to see Doug Baldwin finally make an appearance. Yes, please. <laughs> I mean, right now their, their style of play is run the ball, run the ball, and throw it deep to Tal Lockett. Run the ball, the, run the ball. I'll be the passing. Yeah. Run it a little more. <laughs> um, third string running back somehow. So the other back in this game, Marshawn Lynch. Um, I'm not going to tell you that you need to start Lynch. You're going to start him, but – you know, Oakland, they should be able to run the ball against Seahawks. And I'd like to mention these backs if they have a bad game like week before because people start to question, right? Um, Seahawks have allowed the fifth most rushing yards per game over the last three games, um, the fourth most over the fourth most per game over the entire season, and the third most over the last two weeks. <laughs> so, you know, they're allowing 5.4 yards per carry. So I think he's a good bet this week. Yeah, Marshall Lynch is used to averaging um, over 12, 13 points a game. Last week was a little... A little bit of an outlier. He definitely has a better yeah. chance to bounce back this week. I mean, the Chargers did go up in that game. Yeah, exactly. At least. Exactly. Um, so, James White, Sonny Michelle. Like, obviously, I'm not going to tell you to start James White. You you already know that. Um, but I thought that since I'm mentioning Sonny Michelle, that I might as well talk about how good White's matchup is as well this week. Um, this is probably going to be the highest scoring game of the week, right? Patriots and Chiefs. Um, you want as much exposure as possible. And Sony Michelle, he should see some volume in this game, assuming Kansas City doesn't go up early. But he might not need a ton of volume because Kansas City is allowing 6.4 yards per carry over the last three weeks. Um, that sounds like Andrew Luck's uh, yards per attempt right there. Yards per completion <laughs> right there. Um, but And that's obviously the most in the league. 5.8 yards per carry for the season. You know, that's also the most in the league. So... As far as James White goes, so that's Sony Michelle. As far as James White goes, uh, Kansas City, they've allowed the most receiving yards and touchdowns to running backs through the air. So um, they've, all, they've also allowed the third most receptions to James White. There you go. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, to, 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 James, to, White. to, to James White only. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> James White will have the most receptions uh, overall, but I'm firing these, both these guys up, obviously. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. I mean, as a Patriots fan, um, I think we're going to see – Michelle break off a big run. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we could see Kareem Hunt repeat what he did last year to the Patriots. Yeah, it can happen. That was Um, a huge game last year. I I don't think that's going to happen. Belichick has, um, like, he has a target on guys like that. Like, Mm -hmm. when somebody destroys them, he does not let them do that again. And he's going to have a target on Kareem Hunt, 100%. 
Surprisingly, uh, Casey has been like the Patriots kryptonite over the last few years. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and now they have a better quarterback. So Either way, James White is a great player. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid is just a player. master, master offensive play caller. And he, he knows what Bill Belichick does. And, you know, he there's he so can, much in his pocket. He can play with Belichick. For sure, for sure. He, he, he's one of the few that can. Um, so, Mohamed Sanu, Calvin Ridley. I think by far, like, this week, I think Sanu has the best overall, like, wide receiver cornerback matchup, like, period, against MJ Stewart in the slot. Um Ooh. MJ Stewart. He, well, I'll tell you about him a little bit. So he's allowing a, almost a full fantasy point per route run against him. Nice. <laughs> so like, if Sanu runs like you know like thirty five routes against him, that's about thirty five points right there. No, nice. but I mean, so he's been targeted. Wouldn't be surprised. This is such a good matchup. Yeah, I mean, he's been targeted on twenty nine percent of routes run against him. MJ Stewart. The Bucks as a whole, they're allowing the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. So I'm starting Sanu. That's basically what I'm trying to say. As far as Ridley goes, he's playing in the slot about 25% of his routes. But remember, he's not playing a full complement of snaps. Um, Brent Grimes on that right side of the on the offense's right side of the field, that's where Ridley lines up most of the time. But Grimes hasn't been good. He's old and he just hasn't been playing well for a long time. So Ridley, obviously, I'm going to start him too. You can't really bench that dude right now. Um, he's been dynamic. And the Tampa Bay secondary as a whole, we saw it last week. Um, they're just they can be lit up at any point, uh, but on a per game basis, the Bucks are allowing the most passing touchdowns, um, the highest completion percentage, the highest passer rating. Um, the over under is fifty seven and a half. So I'm starting all these guys. Uh, Tyler Boyd. So there's a couple things to unwind here um, for Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. Last week, AJ Green played in the slot forty five percent of the time, where Tyler Boyd usually lines up. And that's a big bump from A.J. Green's normal 27% of lining up in the slot. And, and that was because he wanted to avoid Xavier Howard last week. Because they were going up against the Dolphins, they wanted to, he wanted to avoid him. So that made sense. They, yeah, the Bengals no, moved sure. him they into the slot. They want to give their best player an opportunity. Exactly. And Howard, you know, is a good corner. And he doesn't move into the slot. Um, so because of it, Boyd, he was on the outside more than he or we would have liked. And when you play on the outside, you play, you're playing against tougher cornerbacks. So he took a dip in production. As expected, A.J. Green had his first 100-yard game of the season. So we know that, you know, regardless, Andy Dalton's going to look at the slot. And he, he, he regardless, lo- they're going to get Green involved one way or exactly, another. Exactly, exactly. So, and the, now, the other, now looking forward to this game, you know, if you look back, um, Joe Hayden, he started to shadow last week. And he, start, he shadowed Julio Jones, and Julio Jones was limited in, in that game. Um, and he even shadowed him into the slot, which is interesting. So this week... With, with the Bengals going up against the Steelers, there's no reason for the Bengals to put A.J. Green in the slot because Joe Hayden's going to follow him around anyway. Um, yeah. You know, so because of that, I would expect uh, Tyler Boyd to play his full complement of snaps in the slot. Um, does that make sense? No, that makes sense. Because <laughs> the whole reason, what you're saying is like, they moved A.J. Green into the slot. Right. For better coverage. Exactly. But if the coverage is going to be following the whole game, there's no point in moving exactly. into the But slot. in this game, Joe Hayden is going to follow him. Right? This is the first mm-hmm. the Steelers are like tired of, you know, Cody Sensabaugh and and uh and who who's who else plays on the outside for Artie uh, Burns. Artie Burns, right? They suck, right? And and they're tired of that. So they're like, all right, Joe Hayden, follow the best wide receiver around, even into the slot, whatever. So since he's gonna follow AJ Green into the slot anyway, why even put him in the slot more? Um so that's why I think Tyler Boyd will bounce back this week. Um, the Steelers, they've allowed the second most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. 
So I expect him to hit Boyd's target share to go back up to what it should be in a high-scoring game. So I think he'll be perfectly fine this week. And um, if you need a wide receiver, he's somebody that I would target, especially in PPR leagues, um, because it's possible that people might have thought that, you know, the steam has run out. You know, you, you could say, like, oh, he was hot, and now he's not hot. Might as well get rid of him now. What time do they play on Sunday? Uh, I don't know. Is it a 1 o'clock game? Because I want to watch that game. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Steelers and Bengals. Yeah. I mean, all you know, the, it's funny, the man. two games they had last year. I wanted to watch the Steelers-Falcons um, game so badly, and I watched it, and I was like, this is so disappointing. Yeah. Last year. It, was, it was such a letdown, because I, I wanted it to be go back and forth, shoot out. Well, it was break out. I was like, oh. uh, Yeah, it didn't, no. didn't happen. But, you know, none of us Honestly, expected. You know, had a good game. He did. Yeah. He did, yeah. But none of us expected um, uh, Joe Hayden to follow. You know, that was that was a surprise, but it made sense because they're just terrible otherwise in the secondary. Um, so I want to talk about Chester Rogers. So T.Y. Hilton is likely going to be out again this week, and Rogers he's going to assume that number one wide receiver role out of the slot again for Andrew Luck. So last week he caught eight of eleven targets for sixty six yards, and I think he caught eight of eleven targets the week before as well. Um, I do think he's more of a PPR play. You know, he's not getting a huge amount of yardage or anything like that. Something um, I noticed with the Colts was just so many drops across the yeah. board. I mean, it was just frustrating. I, I was frustrated. Well, they don't. Their Luck. wide receivers aren't good. Exactly. Andrew Luck is, like we talked about this, right? Andrew mm-hmm. Luck is making these wide receivers relevant. Yep. He's putting the ball on the money. Even though these wide receivers aren't good at running routes, they don't have the best hands, as we saw. And then you have Eric Ebron, who's like a perennial, you know, he, he gave Eric Ebron his best game of his career. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's he was <laughs> still dropping career. passes. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, so so Ryan Grant could also be yeah for sure. But you know, either. Ryan Grant plays on the outside, and the Jets are a little bit more stout on mm-hmm. the perimeter. So with Chester Rogers being in the slot, we know how bad the Jets have been against slot wide receivers. Emmanuel yeah. Sanders had 14 targets last week against them. Um, so they've given up the third most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. So I'm perfectly fine playing him. Uh, two high volume games for Rodgers in a row, without T.Y. Hilton. I- I'm I'm in on that, especially with the Jets tough on, tougher on the perimeter. Yeah, and I mean I think now on a on a different note, it's a really good chance to buy low on T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Andrew Luck, since um, it was the game against Houston, right? When he really started chucking it down the field, uh, T.Y. Hilton had like 13, 14, 15 points before he actually he was in and out of the game the whole entire time. But when T.Y. Hilton's back on the field, if it's not this week, it's going to be next week. Andrew Luck has more passing attempts than any other quarterback in the NFL right now. And he's doing good for what he's given. He's still good. With all the drops he has, Andrew Luck is completing 66.5% of his passes. That's crazy. That's absolutely insane. If you watched that Thursday night game, you saw how bad his receiving core actually is. Except Naheem Hines. Except Naheem Hines. He looks good. So, I mean, check downs definitely bring it up, but my whole point is, like, for him to be completing over... And, and that's part of the passes. reason, because his depth of target isn't that far downfield, mm-hmm. I think the, the, the fact that it's high percentage throws that he's, he's throwing, mm-hmm. that combined with the drops, it makes it kind of even. If yeah. he was throwing the ball a little bit more downfield, you have less of a chance of catching that ball. If his receivers ball. Has hand, had hands, he'd probably be completing easily 75%. Over 70%. Yeah. yeah, 100%. 100%. But definitely a really good opportunity to buy low on T.Y. Hilton. People are frustrated because he's injured, and they may see a whole bunch of other guys getting targets and be a little skeptical, but now is a great time. Andrew Luck's returning to his QB1 form, 
Yeah. And we could see T.Y. Hilton he looks good. returning to his wide receiver good. one form as well. Yeah. He does look good. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he, he just he just doesn't have the weapons. He doesn't have the offensive line. I mean, they need to, like, seriously build around this guy on offense. I mean, it's it's sad, honestly. They need to get this guy some help. Some, uh, I mean, and now that, Le'Veon you know, Bell. He, you know, he's, he, comes, he comes back from the injury. No one knew how he was going to be. Probably including the Colts, right? Yeah. Um, so now that they know that they have their guy back, they need to ramp it up. And they need to start really putting pieces around him, I think. Um, I think they got to go for Le'Veon. They have the cap. You think so? I, you if, know, if I, they win, I'm always against um, paying for a running back. I, I don't know what it is, and 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 by that theory, nobody should sign him. <laughs> but obviously, he's going to be. He shouldn't even somewhere. come back. <laughs> um, he's going to be signed somewhere. I just think that you could get cheap running backs like through the draft, um, and and, yeah, no, and, and I, versatile guys too. And then, you know, you, you you guys like today's NFL. You just need to have running backs who are just good enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I think um, I'm looking at the team now. I'll, yeah. I'll go over this quickly, but they have cap. Right. Um, if they win against the Jets this week, they're two and three. The division is well in reach. Right. I mean, there's Titans. I think are three and two. Texans are two and three. So. Oh, you're saying they should trade for him this year? Really? Before the deadline, you have the cap. It's now. a rental, though, right? Like, why would you give up any of your assets on a team where has that has so many holes? Mm-hmm. You know, for 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 a rental. Right, because there's no guarantee that Le'Veon's going to sign with the, in the Colts, right? Um, I mean, after look the at season. the uh, as far as the defensive line, you know, not too much going on. Right. Linebacker position, you have the greatest young linebacker. Defense is in definitely the NFL. overperforming for sure. You yeah. know, the secondary they have a couple good safeties. Yeah, need some help at corner. Right, but if you have corners Le- haven't been terrible though. Corners huh? haven't been terrible. Yeah, no, the corners haven't even been. But the that offensive bad line, though, if I'm Le'Veon Bell, I do not want to play behind that offensive line. You don't, but at the same time, if you have Le'Veon Bell in that backfield, that makes the other offense we- offensive weapons even. Oh, hundred percent. I think on the Colts side of the ball, I mean, if I'm, I'm sorry, on the Colts perspective of this, hundred percent, mm-hmm. you want Le'Veon Bell because he can make something out I mean, of nothing. Look at the Chiefs right now. You have a under. You have not a very good defense, and right. you have an elite offense. You put Le'Veon Bell on this team, even for the name, you have to keep defenses honest. Right. And on top of that, um, I, I just I just think this becomes such a much better offense. No, hundred percent. You, you put T one on any, any team, it just it becomes it, it's a different level. Even at that if point. you make a playoff run this year and get everybody's hopes up, you get some good draft picks next year. I mean, if you trade for Bell, you're gonna have to give something up, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just don't think this team is one running back, one great running back away from winning. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I get if that. I was a team. Um, who was I one think they're one great away. running back away from having a chance. I don't right. think they're right. you know nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. Obviously, hundred percent. But yeah. you know we'll see what they do. I don't. It's unlikely anybody actually trades for him midseason. Like yeah. people are probably going to wait until he's a free agent. Right. But I think the Colts should definitely look into right. getting Le'Veon right, Bell. Right. 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 So probably yeah. Um. So uh, moving on, Sammy Watkins. You you mentioned the Chiefs. Um. Obviously, this game is going to be a shootout. Mm-hmm. Watkins is is surprisingly he's a key cog in this Chiefs offense. Surprisingly, he's playing almost every snap that After Mahomes plays. Game, a lot of people were really jumping yeah. off the boat with Sammy Watkins, but he's been understandably really so. Well. Understandably so, because we know what we can get out of Watkins. He's probably not consistent, but I really think that he's going to be consistent going forward in this offense. Um, I don't think there's any corner on the Patriots that I'm really like that really scares me. Hey. Uh, <laughs> um, outside of the first week in his three healthy games he's averaging six catches 78 yards um, upside is there every single week so it'll be tough to have him on my bench in most weeks yeah I mean um, the Vegas is projecting this total at 60 or almost 60 59 yeah. and a half yeah 
Uh, yeah, it's nuts. Um, another wide receiver in this game, Julian Edelman. Again, you want guys in this game. Uh, Edelman, he showed last week. He's a main piece of this offense, and he's obviously a high, you know high floor PPR. Play. This is in Foxborough, correct? Yeah, this is in yeah. Foxborough. Yeah, and he almost had a touchdown on a wide receiver screen last week that ended at the one yard line. Um, so you know it could have happened. So he, he he's going to be used around the goal line as well. He's not the preferred goal line option, but he'll get touchdowns here and there. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a. Uh, I don't know if so much of a start everyone, but it's kind of looking like it. I mean, yeah. Who are you not? You're starting Kareem Hunt. Yeah. You, right? well, well, you're not. I'll tell you who you're not starting. Um, you're probably not uh, going to start Chris Conley. Chris Conley. <laughs> uh, you're probably not going to start. Who is the other Patriots wide receiver? Uh, Cordero Patterson. Cordero Chris Patterson. Hogan. Oh yeah, you starting Chris Hogan. He would be like the guy out of those three guys that we just mentioned. He would be the guy that you're going to take a shot on. Actually, no. But is it? I mean, <laughs> exactly because Chris Conley can catch a touchdown. I mean, it seems like Cordero Patterson, Cordero is the Patterson guy can catch a touchdown. Right. Exactly. So forget, forget short that. Screens that let exactly. him run 15, 20 it's, yards. He's probably the least last person <laughs> that I would choose. Actually, because you look at Philip Dorsett over him. Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's funny. So, um, <laughs> all right. So moving on. You're not on. starting the fourth and fifth wide receivers on each team. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. But go for everybody else. Desperate starts. Uh, Naheem Hines in PPR, he's like in between. He's like in between a start and a desperate start. Um, but, you know, because, you know, he's not... Looks like Mac's going to come back this week. Mac is going to come back this week. And I want to talk about that. It just, it's, it's interesting. Um, the, he did practice, I think, yesterday in full, which is a good sign for him. Uh, but the Jets have allowed the most receptions and yards to running backs over the last two weeks. Wow. Um, against the Broncos and Jaguars, two teams who aren't necessarily the most, like, running back pass-heavy teams. I mean, they pass to the running backs, but not, like, that's not a mainstay of their offense. Um, Naheem Hines, I think he can get his usual share of, like, six to eight targets this week. Um, so I want to mention, talk about that uh, Marlon Mack thing. So I saw he was practicing, and he's available in my league. Okay? I have Naheem Hines. It's a full PPR league. Right? Uh-huh. And so I, re- I rewatched the game against the Redskins where Marlon Mack was healthy um, and starting, right? And I noticed that... So I was like, okay, let's see how, let's see what his usage is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how he looks. Um, and obviously, we know this Colts offensive line is, isn't good. Um, but Hines was actually in a ton either way. Um, so whether you know he was on the field at the same time as Marlon Mack or Jordan Wilkins, um, or he was just in on a play and mm-hmm. he was actually the first read on a lot of plays where he was matched up on a linebacker. Um, so it was super interesting to me. So like after watching that game, um, especially in a PPR league, if you're trying to figure out like who to own, it's, it's definitely Hines. I think even with Matt coming back, because the, that early down work um, is going to be split between Mac and Hines. I'm sorry, between Mac and Wilkins. And I think Wilkins actually looks better than Mac in his opportunities. Uh, but I, I, I really think that Hines is, like, the guy to own in PPR because he's involved regardless, and he's on the mm-hmm. field even with these running backs. So he has his own role regardless of what these other guys' status is, I feel. Yeah, I, I, Hines has been the only high point of these uh, Colts running backs yeah. this season. He's a top 15 running back right now in PPR. Um, Wilkins hasn't looked terrible. Yeah. But they're just not giving him enough work. I agree. And if he was like a three down back, he he would be putting up. And I love the comparison that they now people, that now that Andrew yeah. Luck is playing at a higher level, right? Right. You have this offense at full swing. Yeah. Jordan Wilkins with three down work, I think, would be an RB two. 
I think he'll be RB1. RB1? Yep. In PPR? Yeah. Because he's capable in the pass game as well. And yes. So, and I love the comparison yeah. of that people gave to coming out of the draft. A lot of people compared him to Matt Forte. Because Matt yeah, Forte, I heard that too. Matt Forte wasn't like necessarily like the best running back between the tackles, mm-hmm. uh, but he was capable in the pass game. Um, so I feel like that's kind of what he can, and you know, and and we know what Matt Forte was, right? He was he was a, a really good running back when it came to being the best overall guy, like not being the best at one specific thing, but being good at everything. You, and that's something really, Jordan Wilkins uh, can do. I, I noticed, but Wilkins isn't going to get the opportunity. That's yeah. the point. But um, one thing I noticed is that for the first time. I think they started Braden Smith at right tackle. Okay. Their second round offensive lineman. Right. I, I haven't looked into how he's done, but I mean, maybe that's a positive sign going forward for this offensive line. Yeah. No, I think uh, so. I mean, one thing Naheem Hines isn't great at is running between the tackles. And, and we saw that in the preseason. We saw that in this game. But they still gave him the opportunity last week. He had 15 carries last week. And then on, in addition to his seven catches, so he had 22, ca- 22 touches. I mean, I don't necessarily see that going forward. Obviously, Mac is back, so I think he'll get that role. Yeah, no. But for sure. I mean, I just, I just, I was super surprised to see Naheem Hines in on every single play, and I think that could have been game plan specific against the Patriots, like they wanted to just pass the ball the whole time. That's potential. It's possible too. Um, but yeah, so moving on. So we talked about Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood. Moving on to Dalvin Cook. Now, can we finally start this dude if he's healthy? If he's healthy, this is an incredible matchup. Yeah. The Cardinals' run defense has been atrocious. Yes. They've been letting, I think, uh, Alfred Morris had a good game against them right. last week. Matt Breida did before he went out. Who else ran like a... Matt Breida was about to have a 50-point game against them if he didn't get hurt. Like He, he had a, such a good start. I was going yes. up against Breida last week, so mm-hmm. I knew it. I saw. I was like, oh, my God. It's been like three minutes in this game. He has 10 points already in PPR. Um, but the Cardinals, um, they've allowed the most rushing attempts in the mm-hmm. league. Um, and that's 26 more rushing attempts than any other team. That's like a full game's worth of volume right there. People are running a rampant. Right. On them. Um, they're allowing the third most rushing yards. They're allowing the most rushing yard, much the most rushing touchdowns in the league so far. So that sounds like a good matchup. So even with the Vikings offensive line struggling, this is a matchup they can win. So, you know, and even if they get Cook, Cook going in the passing game, like that's his thing, and it's a plus matchup. The Cardinals giving up the third most receiving yards to running backs too. So it obviously makes me nervous to put Cooks in my lineup, but, you know, I need to see him have like two full practices. Like for him specifically, I need two full practices, like yeah. today and tomorrow, to, you know, to, for me to feel comfortable putting him in my lineup, honestly. Do you want to see one full practice? Like, like, like what are you looking for Cook as far as like this week? Um, for you, for him to be in your lineup in PPR, I there's always a risk of throwing Dalvin Cook in your lineup, and then one bad play and he's out for the rest of the game, right. and then it turns into a Latavius Murray show right. or a Rock Thomas, and it's not much of a show. Mike Boone show, yeah, it's not too much of a show. Um, I don't think his job's in jeopardy, but for me to start him this week, is he practicing? Uh, well, we, we we didn't get any reports yet, and I think Thursday and Friday, we didn't get any reports for today. So, so we'll see. I, I really don't. I think I don't think he's going to practice full this week. I think it's going to be limited all the way. If he's limited all the way, I'm not starting him, even in this matchup. If I have another option, like if I have a Naheem Hines, mm-hmm. I'll play Hines over him. If you have a decent option yeah. that you know is going to be involved, start him over if he's limited. Right. But if he gets a full practice in, I think you're firing him up. Would as... you go Mike Davis or... Ooh. Or, I mean, I pick or Mike I make... Davis or limited Delvin Cook? Exactly. 
I just beat Mike Davis because he's like a guy that you're like, oh, should I start him that, or not? That's actually, that's actually a really good point. Um, I I honestly still might do Dalvin Cook because right. even if he's because of the upside, right? Because the upside, because and this he's matchup. involved in the passing game. It's such an easy matchup for him, and even if he's limited, as long as he doesn't get re-injured, and the chances of him getting re-injured is kind of high. Kind of high. Uh, it, it's a risk, let me tell you. That's, <laughs> that's definitely such is. a that's tough a choice. I, I think I would still start Delvin Cook. Right, though. right, right. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so I mentioned uh, uh, Bilal Powell, Isaiah Crowell, um, and he, you know, Isaiah Crowell had that monster game last week. It was a pretty, it was pretty cool to see, honestly. Like Crowell's turning into this big play guy. I mean, he was always a big play guy. He ran off a couple big runs when he was in Cleveland uh, mm-hmm. as well. But you know, we still have to pay attention to Bilal Powell and what he did last week. 20 carries for 99 yards. He almost had a 100-yard game. Um, he I just out- love Corral's range of points from 22 <laughs> the first week, 6 the next week, 19 the third week. Then he has, I think it was 1.3 last week. <laughs> and then he gets, not last week, the week before that. And then he gets 30 against Denver. There you go. So, he, so, so that means he's on pace and not score this week. W- yeah. If our math is correct, he's going to get under 6 points this week. Okay. Got it. Um, and... And he didn't practice today, so monitor that with the hamstring mm-hmm. injury. Um, but Powell outtouched Crowell twenty to sixteen last week. He outsnapped him fifty five percent to forty four percent, and you know, so it's, it's pretty much a an even. Like if you look close, if you do, if you look at if you zoom out a little bit, it's pretty much a near even split <clears throat> with Powell getting the edge. So, and, and the reason why I like Powell a little bit more on a per week basis is because he's their pass catcher, and this week. The Colts, they've allowed the second most receptions, third most targets, fourth most receiving yards to running back. So if I'm taking advantage of that, I'm leaning more in the direction of Powell's skill set. But going forward, just keep in mind that the Jets aren't going to be able to sustain, like I said, 35 carries, you know, combined from their two running backs. So, you know, we should see a more reduced touch total uh, in most games going forward. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I just mentioned Mike Davis. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, he's exceeded his, his expectations with his opportunity so far this season. 21 carries with Chris Carson now in week four. Um, he turned that and plus four catches into 124 yards and two touchdowns. Um, last week with Carson back, he had 14 touches for 75 yards. Um, he's like an RB3 type of play, potential yeah. for RB2. Um, but you're, you're kind of depending on the Seahawks as a whole to really get volume on the ground like they did over the past few weeks. So... Against the Raiders, I think it's possible. Like I said, like I mentioned with Chris Carson, they've allowed more than five yards per carry, fourth most rushing yards. So this is a matchup, I think, where both of them, Chris Carson and Mike Davis, can get work. And you just got to understand that Davis might just get like 12 to 15 touches. Yeah, and I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people still have an uneasy feeling about Mike Davis and even Chris Carson yeah. because of the uncertainty of this backfield. Of course. Um, but the matchup, like you said, is good, and there is a real chance for them to both be very relevant this week. Um, maybe even in DFS, if you want a cheap Mike Davis play in your flex or as your running back too. But um, I wouldn't be too worried about starting. It depends who else you have, but right, both high upside plays. Right um, now, I want to men- mention Philip Lindsay. Uh, just in case you were afraid of starting him against a more tough, like a tougher matchup on paper um, against the Rams than what they actually are. Um, the Rams, they've actually allowed 128 rushing yards per game and 5.6 yards per carry over the last three games. So the matchup is actually fine. 
Um, the only reason he's more desperate than an actual start in this, like, and what I'm talking about here is because he's basically capping out at 15 touches per game. Um, so he should maintain his usual floor, you know, and he has a potential for that upside. Um, but, you know, obviously he's not going to be getting you, like, 20 touches a game. That's the only reason. Um, so he's not necessarily an every week must start. Yeah, and something else to note about this game is uh, it's supposed to snow. Oh, is it? It's supposed to be a snowy game. So First snow see. game of the season, huh? First snow game of the season. That's we don't exciting. Know how severe the snow is going to be. We don't know. It's definitely not going to be a snowball from last year with right. Sean McCoy running through. But um, well, I think both of these teams can run on each other. Like Denver has not been good against Toronto recently. We're going to see. We're yeah. going to see a lot of Todd Gurley, and we're going to see. Is this a desperate start, Royce Freeman situation? Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's so. A snowy game. I, I think mean, so. I think so. I mean, his touches from last week was very disappointing. After he goes, hey, we're going to get him more involved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he did play more snaps though. He did play. I think was he an even? Was he at even snaps with Will Philip Lindsay last week? I think he was. I can pull it up. If I don't, if I remember correctly, let's see. So, Royce Freeman had more snaps than any other running back. There you go. He there had go. 39%. Philip Lindsay had 38 Yeah. He and one less snap. Right. So, there you go. And But he didn't get as many touches, though. That's wh- hmm. Which is interesting. And I think Denver, that's smart of Denver. Mm-hmm. Only because you teams have been playing strictly base defense against Royce Freeman when he was in. Um, so the fact that they're passing the ball without with Royce Freeman in the backfield is a good sign. So the defense can, defense can start to lighten up a little bit when Freeman's in the game. Yeah, for sure. Play those nickel coverages. Uh, Kiki Cutie. So Kiki probably has the best matchup in this game against the Bills. Uh, when you're talking about these Houston wide receivers um, with you know Tre'Davious White, he's covering John Andrew Hopkins. Uh, Will Fuller going up against Philip Gaines who might be a little bit of upgrade over Ryan Lewis, who was in there before Gaines took over. Um, but we'll see how that shakes out this week. But uh, I think QT can see some decent opportunity. Um, again, he had two pretty decent weeks uh, over the past two weeks, and they've allowed the 10th most, the Bills have allowed the 10th most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. So that plus some volume will make Kiki a nice PPR play this week, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Kiki's really been flying up the ranks, and this is a great matchup. Um, I'm not scared to start DeAndre Hopkins even against Jay Davis White. Definitely not. But um, I am worried about Will Fuller. Yeah, a little bit. You know, like, I mean, he just wasn't involved. When you watch the game, it was just more so. Now, that could be totally game script. That it, could be totally. It could be decoy. Um, opportunity. It, it, it could be a decoy situation, too. With yeah. his hamstring on 100%. 100%. So, uh, not 100%. But 100%. <laughs> But Kiki Koti can definitely have a really big game against the Bills. Right. Deshaun Watson has been on fire lately. I think he's had over 300 passing yards the last three or four games. He's been looking good. So yeah, him and Andrew Luck both getting back to their past form. Yeah, so 100%. It's looking good. 100%. 100%. Not 100%. 100%. Okay. Uh, okay, so Aaron Jones. Now... Aaron Jones must be like the most polarizing, one of the most polarizing players. Um, everyone just wants to start him, right? And the game script should be positive, mm-hmm. right, against against uh, San Francisco. Um, but Aaron Jones, you know, it, he can if he sees double digit touches this game, it will be only the second time so far this season. He saw twelve touches in week four, only nine touches last week. 
But, you know, the Packers were trying to come from behind, so he might not be the preferred option in that scenario. And I only list him here because, you know, he can take any play to the house. Um, he is a ceiling play if your team needs it um, or if you just have no one else to play at running back. Something that head coach Mike McCarthy said really started to make me understand why Aaron Jones isn't seeing a lot of work. Um, he said that... I'm sorry. Being a running back is more than just running the ball, which is right. 100% true. Jamal Williams is seeing the most snaps out of any running back because he's a great pass protector, and that that's really just fine. They, if they want to pass the ball, they're going to have Williams in there to protect his quarterback. And they've been doing that a lot. Montgomery hasn't been bad with that either, but that's just something Aaron Jones struggles with. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I saw a stat somewhere. I was actually looking it up right now uh, where Aaron Jones has been grading out better than <laughs> than Jamal Williams in pass protection. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was trying, I just did a quick search. Uh, I saw it the other day. I was trying to pull that up. Uh, I couldn't, can't find it, um, but that's okay. Because from everything I saw, especially the whole entire last season, Jamal Williams was great. In pass no, he, he is good. He's a really good pass. I mean, coming into the, the league, he was he's a good pass protector. And when... Uh, when the coach says something like that, it makes me think, all right, and Jones is still having trouble in pass protection, which is why they want Williams on the field. Because if, if Jones is in reality being you know, better at pass protection, they have no excuse for not having him out in the field. Right. And, right? and this is not a running... It turns into an off-the-field issue. Right. And this, this, is not, this is not a running team. <laughs> it's not this a running team, but yeah. at the same time, when you're giving him four or five carries compared to giving Jamal Williams... The same just, amount. I know. And... <sighs> He, he's just not getting enough touches right now, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, Unless an injury happens, I don't exactly. think we're going to see that yeah. change. We obviously don't like to play betting on injuries, but you can stash him. And if God He's definitely be- he's worth having on your roster. Yeah, no he's, doubt. he's, he's not somebody stash, you drop. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, so he's touch-on dependent at this point. You know, there's no guarantee he'll e- even be in on goal line work because mm-hmm. um, it could be any of three of those guys, honestly. Depending on what package they have, what package they dialed up. I think up. we were both set on Ty Montgomery having a really good game last week. Right. I, I, I wasn't set on that. Let's, let's be clear. <laughs> let's be clear. <laughs> I started him. I, in I like, like how you tried to like project that on me, uh, but but no, I didn't think that he would be. I he asked you, and I was in, no, I, I I did think that I brought it up for sure. I definitely brought it up last week because yeah. I thought it was interesting. Um, a lot of people talked about that, like what if Ty Montgomery? But we honestly had no. Uh, you know, Real evidence idea of that of of what is going to happen. But now we know, even if all the Green Bay Packers wide receivers yeah. are out, I think Montgomery only lined up in the slot like three times or something like that. It was, even if all of them are out, it's yeah, it's going to be the other guys. Anymore. It's going to be the other so, wide receivers. Um, but it was interesting that uh, Equinemius St. Brown played over Jamal Moore. That's that's a, that's a good thing to to note because more uh, between Moore, Valdez Scantling, and Equinemius. Uh, yeah. Javon Moore was the first one drafted. Right. He was the fourth-round pick. That's yeah. right. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, this is still going to be a three-way committee. You know, no back is getting enough touches. And if you look at it closely, like, the 49ers have actually been pretty stout against the run. Um, they're only allowing 3.3 yards per carry over the last three weeks. I mean, 3.3 is a low number. Um, and 3.7 yards per carry for the year. So it, it, it doesn't even seem like a matchup. That, I mean, Aaron Jones can always break a long one. He's He's efficient. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm just not really on him at all. Um, but Alfred Morris, Kyle Juszczyk, 
two guys I want to talk about. Um, I think Morris with this injury to Breida, he can legitimately get 20-plus touches against the Packers. Um, but if the Packers get out to a lead, the 49ers might just abandon the run. Um, so I think if Morris – I think Morris will probably still be in on those passing plays, like on third downs and stuff like that. But I think Kyle Juszczyk figures to have a big role in the passing game as well. Um, yeah, Juszczyk was almost 200 yards receiving. He's 20 yeah, targets in the air. Exactly. And and they're, they're going to be on the field together. Like they run um, a formation where Kyle Juszczyk's on the field with the, the halfback. So, um, you know, I think Morris can still end up with four to, four to five receptions. But Kyle Juszczyk is the better pass catcher, clearly. Sure. He was he was oh, he was always the be- the best pass catcher in that backfield. Even, even when he was in the Ravens, he was yeah. he was he, oh, he was really good there. with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco loved passing on the ball. Uh, but regardless of game script, I think when a running back like Morris assumes an almost every down role just because of attrition, you know he probably should be started. Um, I highly doubt that Raheem Mostert, who's like a glorified special teams player, yeah, will get a ton of snaps. I don't see him getting involved. Yeah. Um, now I know Lamar Miller had that dud yeah. last week. He didn't do anything. But I think I just think Kyle Juszczyk has more fantasy points than Lamar Miller right now. I would start Kyle Juszczyk over Lamar Miller this week. Yeah, no, for, and I agree with that. But my whole thing is, I'm saying even in the past, Juszczyk has been secretly more involved than we think. Mm-hmm. Juszczyk is a top 40 running back. He's got more points than Morris. He's got more points than Deshaun McCoy. He's got more points than... A lot of injuries happen to these guys as well, but my whole point is he is involved right. consistently. Right. So now you have a game where you're starting running back is out, and you're going to see I mean, RB2 ceiling for this guy. And we know right C.J. Bethel likes to dump it down too. Exactly. He loves passing running backs. Yeah. So he's sneaky. And fullbacks. If you're, if you're hurting a running back in PPR, you know, like, throw him in there. You know, he, he can get you – I think his floor is like four catches for like 35 yards. That, that sounds about right. I mean... Maybe even more. Because he, he rips off a little bit of a chunk. Like, even more than that. Like, I, I think me giving... There's so many plays in the game yeah. where teams don't game plan for fullbacks. No. And that's why we see... It, oddly enough, a lot of fullbacks are catching the ball nowadays. Right. And um, that's just because one of the fullbacks go out wide. Nobody's nobody's on them. Exactly. You get, it's a free 5, 10 yards exactly. every single time. This might be a little different because they know how involved use check can mm-hmm. be, especially if you have Breda out. But but I think uh, you know Shanahan time, can game plan for that. But he is a skilled player, right? You know, exactly this is the difference of Kyle Juszczyk. Not that no fullbacks are skilled, but it's just as opposed to just a free ten. Well, yards, he's a legit it, pass catcher. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. As opposed to like other fullbacks, where it may just be like a free ten yards. Right. Kyle Juszczyk is actually a very talented player. Right. So they might want to get him the ball. Right. So. Michael Crabtree, this dude has been super disappointing this year in good matchups. Um, just with all the drops that he's had, it's been really bad. Um, this week, he's going up against Malcolm Butler, who's probably one of the worst starting cornerbacks in the NFL <laughs> yeah. right now. And, of course, obviously, I'm starting John Brown over Michael Crabtree 10 times out of 10. But, you know, he's going to see some Butler as well. But if you're desperate, I think this is a spot to start Crabtree. If you, if you don't start him this week, when will you ever start Crabtree? I'm not saying that to bench, you know, better guys, but I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't be too afraid to play Crabtree in this matchup. Um, you know, they've allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers on that side of the field, on Butler's side. So Crabtree lines up most of the time, like more than 50% of the time. What teams are on a bye this week? It's uh, Lions and... Saints. Lions and Saints, that's yeah, correct. right. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not really... I'm not feeling Crabtree, but like he has a good matchup. That's kind of what I'm saying. Probably like a 10-point floor. Not not a floor, but I mean, 
probably will get yeah, him. Yeah, and points. he can catch a touchdown. He's a touchdown guy, and like he's not get, catching those touchdowns right now. But he's yeah, seeing he's a lot of catches. Touchdown in the first game. Right, right. It was a nice touchdown too. But you know, let's just hope that he can get it together. Well, sometimes you know, players have a little bit of a wake up call, and they kind of come back, and then they 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 perform, especially when the spotlight. Because over the past couple of weeks, especially last week, the spotlight was on him this week. Like, dude, like you're dropping way too many passes. And sometimes players come back, and a veteran like him can come back with a good game. That's totally narrative, and like, don't start him because of that. But you know, I'm just saying that he could have a good game this week. Um, yeah. Um, can I touch into a, one of the starts? I of have. Of course. So, likely on waivers. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of like an obvious guy, but Jameis Winston. Yeah. The Falcons' defense is still averaging thirty points a game to opposing uh, offenses. Yeah. Winston, if you have, I I asked who was on a buy just because if you have Stafford or Breeze and you're looking for a great fill in this week, Winston is definitely your guy. One hundred percent. He could be somebody you start for the rest of the year. Yeah. Top ten guy, potentially. Top ten guy. Ooh. Yeah, I think I, so. I could. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I was pretty high in Winston just in as a player in general. He just he could be high volume, mm-hmm. which is like always a good thing for quarterbacks. He he runs the ball. He gets rushing touchdowns. Uh, Winston's always been a high yardage guy. Right. A high passing yeah. guy. And, and, and if you look at... So one of the ways I, I try to figure out when a player will progress or regress mm-hmm. is I look at how much yardage they throw for or look how many targets they get and where has the production come. Now, like Carson Wentz was one of the guys that I, that I thought that maybe he'll throw for more touchdowns last year, which he did because he threw for a ridiculous amount of yards and not that many touchdowns. So when James Winston... Last year, he should have threw for a couple more touchdowns. That, that you know, according to what his yardage indicated that he should, because there's a mean, right? And you want to either regress or progress to the mean, depending on a different factor that correlates. Um, so, for Winston, if he's throwing like 350 yards a game, he's he's going to throw average between two and three touchdowns a game as well. And with that being said, you can to. also start a guy like Cameron Brait. As well this week with OJ Howard out, one hundred percent against the weak defense with Jameis Winston back at quarterback. Bray is a very good. Bray's his favorite receiver. Yes, and in, that, the, in the red zone, and just in general, I, you know. So <laughs> this stat gets tossed around all the time. I love throwing it out. And Jameis Winston has like one hundred and twenty-six. This is not the exact number, but mm-hmm. it's around this one hundred twenty-six passer rating when targeting tight ends, and he's one of the. He has like a lower than seventy or eighty. Uh, when targeting passer Mike, rating Mike when targeting Evans. any other position. So you can it's safe to say that he loves his tight ends, especially Cameron Bray. Yeah. Um, so uh, Josh Gordon, you know, he's someone who hasn't played a close complement of snaps yet. 22% in week four, 26% in week five. Had two targets, four targets, but he obviously can take one play and make it worth your while. He's like super desperate. Right, um, but in this matchup, the Chiefs have been pretty bad on the side of the field. He's lined up on most of the time. Steven Nelson, and even if they were, like in terms of, let's say if Josh Gordon gets f- five targets this game, right? And as long as Tom Brady's accurate, that's a lot of points for Josh Gordon. In right. like Josh Gordon terms, that's a lot of points. Yeah, I mean he's exceeded like if you extrapolate the amount of targets he got on the amount of snaps he got, you're looking at l- legitimate. Target share. Right every time I, uh, obviously watching that game, every time I saw Josh Gordon on the field, I saw him getting the ball towards the direction. Right. 
especially that long pass. I think it was the end of the second first half. Yeah. Um, we caught the touchdown. Yeah. Right. That was a great play. It was. And that's what the Patriots have been missing. That's all Josh Gordon right I mean, you have guys like Philip Dorsett and Cordero Patterson who would not move up and make that play when covered by two people. So right. Right. <laughs> definitely good news for Tom Brady. And I the mean, they can't even make that play when covered by one. Mm-hmm. So. so, great news. Um, another guy who could do something similar is Mike Williams. Um, he runs the most routes on EJ Gaines' side of the ball. Um, you know, and obviously, like, you can't – it's hard to trust Mike Williams right now. But if you're going to start him, this is a spot to take advantage of it. The Browns, they've allowed the second most fantasy points over the last four weeks to that spot on EJ Gaines' side of the ball. And, you know, like I said, Williams is going to be boom-bust, but it's a decent matchup to play if you're desperate at wide receiver this week. Another desperate guy is Robbie Anderson. We have to monitor if Quincy Inunua will primarily play on the outside or in the slot this week. They moved him outside a bit, a uh, bit more in week four. And then they moved him primarily to the outside in week five uh, with Jermaine Curse playing the slot. So now we don't know if that was because they wanted to avoid Chris Harris last week. But if he continues to play outside with Jermaine Curse in the slot, I think we, we really have to downgrade Quincy Inunua's value. Um, you know, upgrade Curse a little bit. We'll see if he gets targeted. Um, but Robbie Anderson's value will go up because that tar- those targets have to go somewhere. And we saw where it went last week. Um, either way, I think it's a good matchup against a banged-up indie defense. I think a couple corners might be coming back. But if you're looking for a boom-bust play, I think Anderson's a good one. Uh, but we'll, we'll monitor Anunwa's status of where he lines up. For yeah, the most for part. me, I think I want to see a little more Robbie um, get involved into the play. 100%. That's um, why he's super desperate. Yeah. Who would you rather play, Robbie Anderson or, or Josh Gordon? Josh Gordon. Okay. 100%. Same here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Amari Cooper. Uh, Mr. Mar- Every Pooper. Other... Mari Mar- Pooper. Mar- 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 Pooper. Pooper. Start, like, that's his name now. Mari Pooper? Mari Pooper. Okay. Uh, I call him Mr. Every Other Week. Um, because this season, he's had one catch, then ten catches, then two catches, then eight catches, and then one catch. He's the Isaiah Crowell. The Over the last years. five weeks. So, if that trend continues, we should play him this week. Right? Um, uh, against... Listen, he has a good matchup. Shaq Griffin... <laughs> Uh, I don't think he's by any means anybody to worry about. You know, the, the Seahawks are not good against the, on the perimeter. He was shadowed last week by Casey Hayward. Um, so I think he's going to see both Griffin and Trey Flowers, and I think he can have an eight-catch game this week to continue that streak. And I hope he does because I just want to keep calling him that. <laughs> All right. So you're speechless. You're like, I'm not starting Cooper. I, I'm just so over I'm going to say Cooper. this. If I had Cooper... On my team, I'm starting him this week. And I'm a guy who never likes to start guys like that. I didn't want to start him last week because I was afraid of Casey Hayward. Casey, he has a bad history against Casey Hayward. Um, but he shadowed him, and it worked. He, he, I mean, Derek Carr doesn't even look his way. He's just like, dude, there's a good corner on you. I just know you won't be able to catch it, so I'm going to look elsewhere. All right. I'm just... I'm just so over, like, oh, 100%. the inconsistency Me too, of but it's fun like now. Drake, a, I, feel like, Cooper. I feel like it's getting fun now. I'm not having fun. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm, no, I mean, I didn't draft I them anywhere. I don't have any of these guys on Me my either. team. I have Kenyon Drake. But it's just yeah. frustrating to right. watch. It's just be consistent or don't. And for the record, I never drafted Kenyon Drake. Uh, I only have him on one team, and that's because I kept him as my 10th round keeper. Um, but so, yeah, tenth round, you're uh, upside, likely right getting a return. <laughs> right. Um, so TJ Yeldon is a guy that I'm tempering my expectations on. We're gonna get into that now. Um, he's gonna be the workhorse in this game, so I'm starting him because the upside of 20 plus touches, you're gonna start. That and guy. the involvement in the passing game as well. 100. percent So 
Um, Dallas, to my surprise, they've actually held it down uh, without Sean Lee against the run. I'm super surprised about it. I thought, the other linebackers have really stepped up. Jalen Smith yeah, has been doing very well. I, you know, Their first-round pick has been doing very well. 100%. And 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Not so, 90 Uh like I was surprised. I, I thought without Sean Lee, they're going to be a disaster. Honestly, um, and that's what the case has been for the most part over the last couple of years. But over the last two weeks, without him, they've only allowed three point two four yards per carry. Um, so Carryon was able to do a little bit of work on limited carries, but you know Yeldon is definitely not the runner. Carryon is, uh, but yet Yeldon's saving grace, like you said, is going to come in the passing game. So he's a start this week for sure because of the touches, but don't be surprised if it doesn't turn into a ton of production. What, what's surprising me as well is the Cowboys' defense in general has not been bad. No, they've been good. And surprisingly enough, if the offense was good, they'll be good. Then the Cowboys are looking good. They're still yeah. not going to win a playoff game because right. they're the Cowboys. But of course not. They're looking yeah. better. But they can only win these like low scoring games, you know. They, they they have to win these like grind out type of games, and those teams are tough to win. You yeah, and you so. can't even feed Zeke the whole entire time because you need an offense yeah. scheme to balance it. So. Exactly. Um, so Allen Robinson is another guy I'm tempering my expectations on. He's he's close to a sit even honestly. Xavier Howard, Xavier Howard, he's going to follow Allen Robinson around the formation when he's in the slot, uh, except when he's in the slot. Sorry. Uh, like I said, AJ Green lined up more in the slot last week to avoid Howard. Um, we can see Robinson do the same because he does move around. Um, he lines up in the slot 35% of the time anyway, so we can see a little bit of a bump you know, in his time there in the slot, but I, I don't think Robinson is a must-start by any means. I mean, if you do want to start him, don't be surprised if his production is limited this week. Even in the Mitch Trubisky massacre of week four against the Bucks, <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. Um, the Mitch Trubisky massacre. I he love only that. caught... I love that. He only caught two balls in that game on four targets. One of them was a touchdown, so he saved your ass, but other than that, like... How do you feel about Taylor, Taylor Gabriel? Um... So in he had a couple of high, relatively high volume games right before this past game, um, but he maxed out at like what thirty five yards, thirty eight yards, and all of a sudden he has this big game. I, I think it's more of a product of the Bucks game um, mm-hmm. than anything else. Uh, he's a good player. He's a good gadget player. Um, he'll get a little bit of volume, but I just don't see him becoming that every week starter or anything like that. But I think he should be owned because anybody who's getting seven, eight, nine targets a game should be should be owned. I think in PPR leagues. Uh, AJ Green, um, the Steelers, they've had enough of Artie Burns, Cody Sensabaugh, like you mentioned, you know, they were getting burned by top wide receivers. So, you know, they're allowing Joe Hayden to shadow opposing teams, top wide receivers anywhere they go in the formation, including the slot. So, you know, uh, Joe Hayden limited Julio to five catches for 62 yards last week. We can see a similar outing for AJ Green this week while Andy Dalton takes advantage of the rest of this terrible secondary. Uh, Jarvis Landry, he had his two worst games of the season uh, with Baker uh, in his two starts. Um, this week doesn't get easier, honestly. He's going to fa- go up against Desmond King. Um, he's a good nickel corner for the Chargers. I think he can limit Landry to another subpar performance like he's had over the last two weeks. But, you know, Richard Higgins is going to be out for this game in the next couple of games. So I think Landry can see a little bit of an up- uptick in target share, him and Njoku. Um, yeah, Njoku we'll had the best game of the season last week. Njoku's on the way up. On the way up. You know, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, um, but, you know, it's coming. The second he does, he's going to have that 20-point game. It's coming. He's going to be it's a coming. top 10. It's know. coming. It's coming. I have him everywhere, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping for it. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Tredavious White, he's been exceptional so far this year. He did it again last week against Corey Davis. Um, Hopkins will probably still be peppered with targets, I'm assuming. Uh, so I'm not sitting him. He's the best at, like, catching the ball contested. Hopkins has been a... 
whether it's Tom Savage at QB, it DJ matter. Yates at QB, Tyler Heineke. I'm, I'm still going to temper my expectations because him. of the matchup, but you know this can be like a bigger, such, like temper, like a little bit, a little bit. Little yeah, temper. this can be a bigger Kiki QT game, even Will Fuller game because mm-hmm. of the matchup. But you know, and when we say temper with DeAndre Hopkins, I think we mean like 10, 15 points. Rather than right. 20, 25, 30. <laughs> so. No, I, I, can, I can totally understand it. That, that, that move at the last Taylor game last week was amazing, by the way. Those did you spin see moves? the Texans Instagram posted? No, what did they do? You know, like the... Da, 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 did, they put, did they put that dance on that? Oh, that's funny. I got to watch that. that. He was like in space. And <laughs> I'll pull it up for after. But. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. You know, we mentioned this already. You know, he might be shut down. This Doesn't this have game, a good track record, huge record against the Giants. Huge ceiling. Oh, it doesn't have a huge ceiling this, this game. Uh, <laughs> so I mentioned Corey Davis. Now, J- Jimmy Smith, uh, like you told me earlier, he didn't mention a, he didn't play a full complement of snaps in his first game back last week. But I think he'll move towards that this week. Um, I think he upgrades this defense tremendously. It was already good. Uh, Davis is going to see a lot of him. Um, he's going to see a lot of Brandon Carr in the slot. And then he's going to see Marlon Humphrey on the other side. So this is not the best matchup for Corey Davis. I'm actually okay sitting Davis if you have another option this week. Only because, yeah, he's getting a huge target share, but Mariota's not throwing the ball a ton. Mariota's thrown for over 300 yards in one game. In that one game, Corey Davis has got over 30 Exactly. Points. So there you My go. My whole point is like... This game could be a, clo- so a close game. It could be a low-scoring game. It's just so frustrating to see Mariota throw for under 150 yards or under right. 200 yards every single game. Yeah. And then they can't get anything done on the ground. It's like I, their offense is... Nothing. I'm actually kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like... I would say that Mariota is not the type that would exceed the matchup, uh-huh. right? Like, he plays to the matchup. Like, he's not going to take a tough matchup or a somewhat tough matchup and play better. He's just not going to. So you take the matchups that are okay matchups, and you'll play him, you'll play Corey Davis. But other than that, I wouldn't. Corey Davis will play more than, Mar- obviously, Mariota. Mariota uh, has a high ceiling in good matchup games, basically. Okay, two guys I'm sitting. Kenyon Drake is the first one. So he had one game where... He was used less than Frank Gore. Like, so he was used less than Frank Gore in the running game, which is ridiculous. And all of a sudden, you know, he's used like David Johnson in the passing game <laughs> in this game. So, <laughs> well, I can't even say David Johnson anymore. <laughs> I, I need to see more. I know, vintage David Johnson. Uh, I need to he's see like more. The I need to see more from Drake, honestly, before I go ahead and start him again. Um, I'll be playing more predictable options over Drake this week. If you need a high ceiling, sure, go Drake, whatever. But. You know, they're playing the Bears this week. They've allowed the least amount of rushing yards, least amount of receptions, least amount of reception yards to running backs in the league. So not quite the spot for Drake to keep the momentum going. Um, so, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Drake to do something more. Um, Devontae Freeman, he might be out. He's dealing with that bone contusion, might not play Sunday. Even if he does suit up, I can't trust him. While he's battling a knee, um, you know, he's battling a For foot. what it's worth, Freeman has been the most efficient back out of the three yeah. by a good margin. Right. But at the same time, if he's not seeing the work and if he can't stay healthy, then... Yeah, and, and on top of that, like, are they still going to use that three-man backfield again? That was really concerning for me. Um, obviously, it could have been Dan a product... Dan came out and said that, um, what is it, when, like, when he was coming back from injury that they were going to use three downs, but he didn't say necessarily if they're going to do it in the future. Right. Um, we have to hope he doesn't. Well, we'll see. I mean, if he keeps being banged up like this, like they're not going to have a choice if he plays. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously a glimmer of hope like for Cohen, for Coleman that he'll, he'll be involved in the aerial attack like Tariq Cohen was. 
against the Bucks, but but we'll see we'll see what happens there. So not huge on those guys, especially if Freeman plays. If if Cole, if Freeman doesn't play, I mean you're gonna start Coleman, um, regardless. But um, but yeah, so that's it. That's all I had, man. Um, so you want, did you want to talk about Alvin Kamara? Or yeah, not I just really? wanted to touch. Um, I if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, are you panicking? Are you not? I think the answer is yes and no. Right. Right. Um, I that, think that's what my daughter says. Whenever I she's she's two. Whenever I ask her, uh-huh. I'm like. Arya, yes or no? She goes, yes or no. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Keep it. Too. <laughs> anyway. So, Evan um, Kamara has 51 targets. More than, uh, like, at least 12, 13 more than any other running back. Oh, besides James White. Wow, look at that. But anyway, it's just, with Mark Ingram in the game, he's the runner. And the reason Kamara was so good last year was because he was insanely efficient. I think he finished the year with over six yards per carry. Um, he depends on efficiency. Yes, and, and and that's something that one of the reasons why I wasn't okay with spending a huge draft, like picking him before Melvin Gordon and all that. And listen, those first two, first four games were amazing, and hopefully you're at a a great start, four and one, five and zero. Oh. Let's hope for it. Mm-hmm. But it's tough. It's it's tough to justify him. If if Melvin Gordon and Ingram play from the from week one, it would be tough to justify Kamara as a first round pick over guys like Melvin Gordon, for example. Yeah, I mean, Kamara's numbers through four, the first four weeks: 41, 16, 34, 41, and then week five. And, six. But look at the touches too: seventeen, yeah. nineteen, thirty-one, twenty-four, and then nine in this past game, right? And when Ingram was back, so. And then if you if you take a look at last year, he never had more than twelve carries in any game, right? And he, all of his work was in the rece- in, in, in the receiving game. Now, if you're in a PPR league, I'm definitely not worried because he will likely put up RB one numbers in PPR, um, and he should be somewhat efficient. He's still a great player. Um, I, saw, I just like noticed something about Eric Ebron. Is that what you're gonna fill up? No. Uh, oh, okay. Because Eric Ebron my... was funny. This is. No, this is not related. Totally not related okay. at all. I won't say it. It's okay. Say it. Say it. I want you to say it now. Yeah. No, I have to. You have to know. I just. I think I just updated my phone, and okay. I realized when I move my phone up and down, the wallpaper like moves. Oh yeah, that we've we've had that on the iPhone for a long time now. Wow. Yeah, it's been a feature for a while. Okay. I'm, I'm totally messed. Okay. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not worried about Alvin Kamara, but I mean, this was, because, and that's because I already had the expectation that this was yeah. going to happen, right? If you had Kamara and you had some like crazy like feeling that like Kamara was going to be um, a doing, top two running back, getting the same amount of touches with Ingram coming back. <clears throat> now, he's he, he's trust me, he's not getting those fantasy numbers because he's efficient this year. It's because he's getting the touches, and if he gets less touches. He needs to be more efficient for him to continue doing what he was doing. And he's not going to continue doing what he was doing, but he'll still be an RB, RB1 in PPR most likely. Um, so His involvement this in the was game gives you a good floor. And you have to realize, like, exactly. the Drew Brees game, he was going for the big plays. He was going to get big chunks of yardage to get that record early. 100%. And then after that, it was it's just all, kind of like a slow-moving uh, offense. Uh, they they want to run the ball. The offense. Yeah. No, no. And this particular game, I think Ingram, I'm sorry, I think Kamara will have more touches going forward. Yeah. But, but, you know, they overworked him in those first four games. They wanted to give him a little bit of rest. Ingram's fresh. Let him go. He's fresh off of that juice. Um, so let him let him go. And then Kamara, he has another 
a week to rest up during the bye. The big part of Kamara is um, if the Saints have those big plays, like the 60-yard touchdown pass to Traquan Smith, right? that kind of destroys the whole drive. Right. I mean, as far as fantasy Exactly. Because you could have five checkdowns to Alvin Kamara, and that's like five extra points for Kamara, as opposed to it was back-to-back drives where it was just a long bomb to Traquan Smith, and it just kind of ruined the two-hole drive. So, And then at that point, you're up so much, you don't need to pass it. You can just kind of come, like, Mark Ingram the rest of the game. So it, it was just a weird game for Kamara. I wouldn't expect the Saints to have those big plays every single week, right. which kind of gives Kamara more of an advantage. But I, I wouldn't worry too much, but I am a little worried. But it's a good sign for Mark Ingram, though. If you it's drafted him, um, he's back in the offense. You know, there's no like, hey man, you did steroids. You can't get enough. You can't <laughs> you get touches steroids. now. Uh, it's nothing like that. So he's back in. So if you drafted him, congratulations, you got yourself a potential uh, RB one, high end RB two. I love, I love he was waiting at the airport, uh, especially in PPR. <laughs> no, PPR. I love he was waiting um, at the airport. So, all right, guys, that's it. We, we, we definitely went longer. By the way, I got a couple of DMs. It's like, hey, I wish your podcast was two hours. And I was like, ha. Someone said that? Fun. A couple of people were like, hey. And it was kind of like they were trying to get at an inside joke, you know, from the podcast. Like, oh. They didn't say anything else. Uh, they just said that. But So, appreciate you guys listening. Um, I think we got our like, first review on iTunes. Did you see that? We got a review? I think so. Well, I checked it a couple of days ago. And no I, I don't know if we had more than one or not. But What does it say? It said we suck. We're not that good. Damn. No, I'm kidding. It was a, it was a five star <laughs> review, and they said that we were, we were good. So no way. Um, yeah. How do you yeah. even check? We're actually someone thinks we're actually good, which is cool. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks again um, for taking taking the time out. I uh, hope you guys get your your wins this week. Um, I hope your teams keep improving. Uh, good luck tonight. Uh, if you have any players going, enjoy the game. Um, hopefully, it's better than we think it's going to be. Um, and enjoy the weekend. And, um, yeah, I guess we're signing out. Yeah, so I just want to read the first review. Read it. You guys leave us great reviews. We'll read it on air. Oh, yeah, there you go. So, phenomenal. Five star, right? Mr. Carter, 300. Nice. Uh, Accurate, statistical-based analysis of fantasy-relevant information. Passion is clear and provides quick, up-to-date information. Can't get enough. Wow. Thank you. There you go. So, that's awesome, guys. We definitely appreciate that. Um, You know. Yeah. This no, for sure. I, and something it, we wanted to do for a while. Exactly. And if you listen, uh, if you can leave us a five star review, only if you like it. Only, only if, you if, like you, it. if you like it, leave us a five star review. Don't want you guys to. That'll be nice. If you don't like um, and if you don't like it, um, just leave and don't leave any reviews because that yeah, would suck for we us. Need to um, <laughs> but anyway, all right. I appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Thanks, guys.